Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Le Grind from the album with no name, um, although most people call it the Black Album. Recorded on the 10th of December 1986 at Sunset Sound, uh, with overdubs at some point in 1987 um, at Paisley Park. Released on the 22nd of November 1994 in the US, but one day earlier in the UK and Germany. On the track, it is Prince with the Love Sexy Band. So that is Eric Lee's Atlanta Bliss, Bonnie Boyer, Kat, Sheila E and Susanna. Obviously the horns are Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss and you've got Bonnie Boyer, Kat, Sheila E and Susanna all on kind of background vocals. But all the rest of the instruments are Prince. Um, and you know this is the the opening track um, six minutes and 44 of the black album um, the black album obviously it was going to be released on the 8th of december 1987 but that was cancelled uh, on the 1st of december one week before um, apparently something like a hundred thousand copies had already been pressed and <laughs> prince um decided to cancel that completely and so warner brothers had to destroy a hundred thousand records um, on a, on Prince's whim, although at the time he promised them he would deliver another album before the you know before you know the year was out, and he recorded Love Sexy in December January, and you know a few a kind of a few months into 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 nineteen eighty eight, uh, Love Sexy was um, you know was released. Um, there were a handful of songs uh, that were recorded um, around the same time. Uh, this track, Bob George. And the instrumental track that comes later on in the album, they were all recorded and they were played at Sheila E's birthday party the next day. So the 11th of December, 1986, um, Sheila E's birthday party, Prince had recorded a few songs. Um, and then he, he went, you know, as, as he was looking for an album to release at the end of 1987, um, you know, after he'd already released Sign of the Times that year. So this would have been essentially his second album of the year. He kind of he kind of cobbled together some other songs. Um, you know, Super Funky Califragile Sexy was like the first song that he'd recorded. Rock Hard in a Funky Place had already been recorded for the Camille album, which was already abandoned. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the second half of the record already dealt with. Um, and then Prince recorded Dead On It and Cindy C um, for this project. Um, although when Two Are In Love, you know, he, he already had a, um, you know, he already recorded that and that found its way onto Love Sexy. Um, and, you know, Prince had an idea, which was, this album would have no name on it. It would have no artist name on it. Uh, all that would be on it would be the black artwork of the of the sleeve, and on the on the kind of the side would just be the peach, um, you know, spine, uh, the, the number, the the kind of the album catalog number in peach, and that would be it. There'd, there'd, there'd be no there'd be no other indication of exactly, you know, um, what it is, um, and. You know, the kind of the original release uh, was heavily bootlegged. Um, Warner Brothers didn't deliver, didn't destroy every single copy. They'd already started shipping some copies out to record stores and some of those didn't find their way back to Warner Brothers. Um, and so <laughs> pretty much every single kind of record fair that I went to in the early 90s, someone had a copy of the Black Album. Um, it, it, you know, there were some there were some kind of people who were kind of like, you know, had Prince sections on the, these uh, these kind of record fairs you know they'd have like a few different albums from prince they'd also have some bootlegs of like live recordings and stuff and everyone had a copy of the black album even if they had no prince albums at all they still had a copy of the black album and they were always selling it for about 25 50 quid somewhere in that range some people would sell it for 100 claiming it was like a you know first pressing various other things like that so it was always super expensive 
And, you know, when Prince released Alphabet Street, in the video it says, please don't buy the Black Album, I'm sorry. Literally on one frame. Um, <laughs> and Now, Prince played a couple of songs from this album while he was on tour in 1988. Um, you know, Bob George and Super Funky Califragile Sexy in particular. Um, so, you know... He kind of he'd said that you know he you know the story of uh, the accompanied the the tour booklet for the nineteen eighty eight tour told this story of Prince being tempted by Spooky Electric, and that was the source of the Black Album, um, and <laughs> and Spooky Electric was then defeated, and you know Prince then released Love Sexy, um, and and you know the, the, there was kind of this whole story about this, um, but you know for for some people you know. People have said that, you know, Prince um, took some ecstasy and, you know, he you know, had a change of mind whilst on that trip. Um, and, I mean, regardless of why he, he withdrew it, you know, he did withdraw it pretty close to release date. Um, you know, uh, Mo Austin, you know, the guy who had signed Prince um, to Warner Brothers and who would kind of helped him for most of his career... Um, you know, he backed Prince up on, on this being pulled from release and... You know, I think without, you know, there have been a lot of discussions about kind of what Prince managed to get away with while he was at Warner Brothers, you know, until he got into the dispute uh, with them. And, you know, he had, you know, he'd wanted to release like triple albums and stuff like that. And Warner Brothers had said no. You know, he wanted to release an album, you know, with as Camille um, and pretend it wasn't him. And they said no. You know, he had a lot of side projects like The Time and The Family and Vanity Six, where they kind of they let him release more music than just one album a year uh, because he was releasing it other under, under other names. Um, but, you know, most of the time, Prince kind of won these battles of, of kind of what got released. And in this case, he won the battle of this not getting released uh, until he was in his contract dispute. And then, you know, he needed six albums to get out of it. And he kind of acquiesced. And for a million dollars, he let Warner Brothers release this album. And, um, you know, it spent it spent a few weeks on the Billboard uh, Top 200 charts, you know, managed to get up to 47. Not bad for an album that effectively was just a black sleeve with no other information. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it was it was out for a few weeks over here in the in the in the UK. And, you know, it, it, it only stuck around for a few weeks and then it was gone. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, in terms of like a project, it's kind of interesting because people kind of almost i mean you know love sexy which you know was released straight after the black album was recorded does have a kind of unifying theme because it was released as kind of an answer to this album um but the black album doesn't really have an overall theme um you know and and this opening track is kind of kind of indicative of that you know it kind of goes all over the place um you can kind of imagine it being played at a birthday party because you know, obviously that was the kind of the setting that Prince had recorded this for. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of kind of like crowd noise and, you know, just this kind of idea of Prince, um, you know, in 1986, he'd done Under the Cherry Moon. He'd been in the south of France and he started to have, um, I wouldn't say kind of like an interest or a fascination or something. But, you know, he he started incorporating a few French things into his, um, you know, into his act a little bit. Um, you know, there was a track called Alexa de Paris, which was named after a dancer that he saw in Paris. Um, you know, in the song Girls and Boys, he has the line, Vous êtes rebelle. You know, so he, he, you know, he threw the odd kind of French phrase into songs. And so I think calling something Le Grind is kind of an, an interesting way for him to go. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and this is, you know, a, basically it's just a party track. If I was to kind of give it a, you know, a genre. Yeah, I was going to say it definitely feels like, you know, something that's played at like a at a party or dance, you know, like dance music kind of thing. And it, I mean, it still has kind of like a funk element to it. Um, just because of the fact that, you know, once you've got Atlanta Bliss and Eric Leeds on horns, there's always going to be a kind of like a funk or a jazz influence, uh, regardless of what the, the track actually is. Um, but we opened, you know, the song and the Black Album with Prince in a low voice saying, so you found me good. I'm glad uh, this is Prince, the cool of cools. Um, some of you may not know this. Uh, some of you may not know. Some of me, you may not want to know, but we are here to service. Please don't try and stop us. We come regardless. We are strong as we are intelligent. Come vibe with us. This, welcome to the Funk Bible, the New <laughs> Testament. And all of that is kind of in a lower voice. And it kind of plays with this, this kind of like this electronic beat that's kind of going underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get, you know, Prince singing, people get ready. Nouveau dance here. All the girls and all the boys get close. Have no fear. Um, and then, you know, Bonnie Boyer, Sheila E, Kat, they sing Have No Fear. Um, and then Prince says, we're going to do Le Grind Jaw. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I mean, it, it's for me, this is, I mean, you know, I don't want to tip my hand as to the rating later on. But this is kind of one of my favorite opening Prince tracks. Um, just because it is kind of so upbeat and, um, you know, a little bit irreverent. You know, Prince kind of... He, did, he isn't singing anything very seriously here. This, this, he kind of puts on a few voices um, throughout the song, um, you know, as, as he kind of sings. And, and he throws, you know, the old French phrase in. The fact that he starts off with nouveau dance as well, instead of, you know, obviously a French word thrown in there. And the kind of all the girls and all the boys does kind of uh, call back to girls and boys, which itself had a number of French phrases in. Um so there's a little bit of kind of self-reference stuff going on here as well. Like you said, it's it's kind of like a playing around kind of thing, and it does it's it just sounds like like as we said, like it, he he made this like for a birthday party and then like recorded and stuff like that, and it really does just sounds like him having fun, like him just playing, like not really, you know, not really carefully constructing things or anything like that, just going with what he feels is would fit the what's going on, and. Honestly, like listening to it, it's a very, I kind of really like, you know, just first of all, like the beat and stuff like that. And then listening to some of the lyrics is actually kind of, I found kind of interesting and funny too. Like, <laughs> like he, he mentions, you know, uh, like a pony would. And <laughs> yeah, that's, I think he's mentioned ponies before. And it's just, I just find it funny that he, he brought that in here. Uh, but yeah, like it's, it's, I, it's a really fun song honestly to me like i just to me like if it i don't know if it makes much sense or uh has to make much sense as but like i said like you know it i'm enjoying it so that's 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 the big thing here and i think that's kind of what the whole song's about is just having fun yeah i mean you know he does say uh up and down up and down on the beat you're like a pony would pony would and then you know he says all the boys grab a girl get down on the floor this funky beat's gonna show you <laughs> show you what your hips are made for. Um, and then he says, nouveau grind. Come on, people. Um, I mean, the, the people is actually a kind of almost like a sample of it going, you know, kind of playing high on the keyboard, saying people. And he says, it's much too late to be shy. Um, and then he goes, London, what does Big Ben say? And then, of course, you have Prince kind of putting a voice on saying time, 
to do the grind. I mean, that's I guess he's his best English accent, is what he's doing in that. Um, and then he says, uh, no, here you say time to do the grind. Um, and then, you know, we have this kind of, I got you where I want you. And then, you know, the kind of music changes. Um, and this is where Prince sings Cessoir La Chantez all night long, which I think is kind of funny because he's like, he's singing in French, you know, sing, telling people to sing along with him. But he's singing it in French, so obviously they're not really going to understand what he's saying. Um, you know, and, and this is where he kind of says, hey, pretty mama with the long hair, is that your boyfriend? I don't care. Because I can do, I said, I can do tricks he can never do. Uh, when I get naked, we'll see the real you. Am I getting through? Um, and so, so I kind of like this and the fact that he says piano man. Put it where it feel good. And then he plays his own piano solo. So he calls himself out to do a, a piano solo. And then he does his own piano solo. Um, yeah. But I also, I mean, I think the uh, kind of the the address of Hey Pretty Mom with the long hair. I have a feeling that's addressed directly at Sheila Ree. What with this, you know, being her birthday and everything. Um, and so I think it's interesting that he's also got his own girlfriend at the time, Susanna, singing the backing vocals on this as well. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think, I think it's quite funny, you know, like, um, you know, the fact that he has, he's kind of, there's no kind of real chorus apart from occasionally they'll start saying the words, um, you know, la grind over and over again, um, you know, and then of course, you know, Prince says this party is going to last all night, um, and he goes, when I give the cue, scream, all right, um, and then this is this is something that he also did in Song of the Times where he has this kind of the instruction to the band where he says clap your hands double time. And then we hear this kind of artificial clapping noise, uh, which I'm thinking. I it, did like that part, though, the the fast clapping there. Like, I mean, it is double time, so <laughs> the band know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then he, he kind of, he does the kind of the, the thing of calling out different um, voices by saying all the boys say, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, now all the girls say, oh, yeah. And then he goes, now all you others say, hell, yeah. So, Prince, you know. I like that, that he's being all inclusive. Um, and then he goes too sexy, grind, grind, and and then you hear Bonnie Boyer um, doing the scream that Prince has, has asked to be done on cue, um, but he says not yet, Bonnie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then he, you know, we kind of get a rep- repetition of the kind of people get ready, nouveau dance here, mm-hmm. and then the kind of whole girls and boys uh, have no fear, um, and then this is where we kind of get Prince saying. In a, it kind of in a talking voice, he says, I do believe that we've truly touched on something nouveau. And I don't know why he, he seems to think that saying nouveau instead of new is funny, um, you know, or, or makes it sound cool or but he just he just seems to have kind of stuck on that kind of like the, the kind of the French thing for this particular song, um, you know, and we get some kind of call and response. Um, and then, you know, Prince, of course, back with the up and down, up and down feels so good. Up and down, up and down, like a pony would. Um, although I gotta be honest with you, in that part you really hear Sheila E and Bonnie Boyer kind of singing, and then we we also get a little bit of "Serve It Up, Frankie," which is featured in a later song on this particular album, and we also then get to hear Bonnie Boyer kind of doing the scream on cue as Prince had uh, asked. Um, uh, but the the slamming as well, that's something else that also shows up on a, on a different song on the album as well. It's like these phrases that Prince kind of had in this song that he kind of reused later on in the album. Um, and then, of course, you know, we get the kind of um, people get ready, um, you know, up in here, up in here. Uh, and then kind of the repetition of the grind. Um, and then we, we finish just with grind. Um, 
and you know it's it's quite a, it's funny because it's quite a long opener but because it has so many different kind of bits and pieces going on um and kind of goes through so many different kind of phases i don't think it feels you know too long because prince never kind of sticks with one idea for too long in this song you know and he kind of jumps between different ideas and you know then he keeps returning to this whole kind of french thing of le grind le grind um and we never i mean you know for all the kind of time to do the grind we never quite told what it is apart from the up and down like a pony would um you know which cut to me sounds a lot more like um people doing kind of like press-ups or something on a dance floor which i don't think i would ever advise um but yeah so i mean to me it's it's kind of like um i wouldn't say it's a nonsense song uh, but it kind of it's just kind of a song you know like a party song that's going to be played at this birthday party that i'm guessing if prince had had his way he would never really put it on an album uh you know he would have just kept it as something yeah. that he played at, at a party one time which i honestly kind of feel bad because if that actually happened because it is kind of a fun song you know even if it had no meaning to him and he kind of felt like you know this isn't something that he would want out it's still something fun to listen to and like i said like it's it's just one of those things that you you know it just kind of sounds really happy and upbeat and i'm kind of glad that they actually did kind of you know got it out eventually because it's some something i'll probably listen to more than than a few times yeah i mean i mean also i wouldn't have wanted to have paid like i don't know 100 pound for like whatever like a vinyl copy of the black album was going for and tried to listen to it that way yeah. i would have felt cheated i think if i'd have ended up listening i'd have been like what is why what have i paid for you know um not that i ever had 100 pound <laughs> back then to be able to pay that um but yeah i mean interestingly enough as well the black album still has not been released on vinyl um, when it was eventually released, it was released on single. Uh, uh, so it's released on cassette and it was released on CD. Um, but you know, Prince didn't approve a vinyl kind of pressing of the album. Um, so you know, all those bootleggers who had vinyl copies, uh, those I guess are still worth something. Um, if you you know if you do want to own it on vinyl, um, though I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't pay huge sums of money for the, for the black album on vinyl. You know, particularly when you can, you can kind of now it's on digital and streaming, and you know it's everywhere. So it's it's not like you know it has that kind of the rarity that it had for those seven years. I think this is kind of an interesting way to, for Prince to start this album. Um, you know, like I said, you know, it's done for a specific purpose, you know, and this is this is actually true of a lot of Prince songs. You know, he records them for a specific thing and then they somehow find their way onto a different project. And, you know, the fact that this and a couple of other songs were done for Sheila E's birthday party and then Prince was like, well, I need a few more songs for this album I'm about to release. I'll stick these on there. Um, and this is the lightest of all the songs that are on this album, apart from When Two Are In Love. Uh, which I've already reviewed, so I'm not going to be doing it as part of this album. Um, but, you know, everything else kind of gets very dark, um, you know, and kind of... Uh, kind of I mean, I, I say apart from the final track is also kind of quite fun, but everything else, you know, it's about people killing people and, you know, uh, abuse and all kinds of other things that, you know, I can understand why Prince kind of felt it was a bit too dark. Um, although Sign of the Times, you know, is an album that, I wouldn't say it's dark, but it has some serious songs on there and it kind of takes things seriously at times. So, um, you know, it kind of fits in with this time period of Prince. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should go without saying, but Prince never performed this live. <laughs> you know, he didn't really even want the album released. So, you know, there were a couple of, like I said, there were like two, you know, you had Bob George, you had Super Funky Califragile Sexy. Those were both performed on the Love Sexy 
tour, but they were performed at the end of the first half of the show, which was the end of Prince's kind of dark sexual side uh, before his kind of spiritual rebirth for the second half of the show. So it's kind of indicative of the fact that Prince was like kind of making it clear where they belonged in terms of his, uh, you know, in terms of the show. Um, but yeah, and obviously no one's covered this song. Um, not that there's, I mean, it's really funny because it doesn't feel like there's anything to cover in the song because it is just kind yeah. of like Prince having fun and kind of making stuff up and, you know, talking about a pony going up and down. You know, like, <laughs> it's just it's just one of these weird things where it's kind of like Prince just kind of throwing ideas out and having call and response with the band. So I don't think there's anything that anyone could kind of cover. Uh, but I do love that horn line, um, you know, Eric Leeds <laughs> and Atlanta Bliss. They really, you know, it's it's nice and catchy. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of a suitable hook. Um, and this is a song where, you know, with each of the different parts of it, you know, there's a point where Prince does say slamming and it, and pretty much all the instruments have dropped out apart from the kind of the drum beat. Um, so it is one of those songs where Prince would kind of layer stuff up and then take stuff off. Um, so, you know, it's quite interesting in that respect. Um, for me, um, I feel like I kind of gave it away earlier, but five out of five, you know, one of my favourite Prince tracks, um, particularly from this period in the 80s, you know, Prince from like 86, 87, 88, um, you know, kind of my favourite prints, um, you know, apart from the kind of Diamonds and Pearls prints, um, you know, so I just, I mean, I love this song and I think it's a great way to open the album because, uh, you know, from here on out, things are only going to get darker. Um, so, <laughs> so so, it's nice to start with a kind of light, upbeat song before we go into a song that's about stalking a supermodel. Yeah, I'd, I'd say like, if not a five, at least like a 4.5 because it can't just be a four for me because it's definitely higher than that. But yeah, like it's a lot, as I kept saying, it's just a lot of fun. And I was thinking like, you know how sometimes like as a kid, you might just like make up your own song or something like that. And it just kind of feels like this was Prince basically not only making up his own song, but basically like, Oh, I have a band and stuff that can do, can back me up on it. <laughs> yeah. That's, it certainly does feel like that. It just does feel like Prince being like, I've already got a band in the studio. So <laughs> let's just mess about for the next kind of like seven minutes yeah. and just do this. Uh, you know, Prince obviously reluctantly released this album, you know, he, uh, He'd already had um, Symbol come out, which was album number one. Um, and then the B-Sides counted as album number two. Um, and then Come came out and that was album number three. So this was album number four out of six. Um, and then, you know, uh, within, I mean, within about nine months, you had album number five was released. And then, uh, and then about seven months after that, you had album number six. So Prince got out of this contract in record time. You know, he signed it in 1992. He was out of it within four years. And that was, you know, a six album contract that was meant to be one album per year. I'm kind of almost glad that he got into a dispute with Warners because I don't think we would have ever seen... After Prince converted to being a, a Jehovah's Witness, I don't think this album would have ever been released. Um, you know, if it was too dark for 1980s Prince, who was pretty much all about having sex with everyone and, you know, being super inclusive and everything, I don't think that religious Prince would have ever said, yeah, go ahead, release the Black Album. Um, so it's, you know, obviously the downside of the kind of the dispute with Warner Brothers was, um, you know, we'll get to that kind of in later albums. You know, it kind of meant the Prince stuff got harder to find. You know, he had to kind of promote his own stuff. Um, you know, he kind of went from deal to deal. And, you know, he didn't he kind of he never really recovered from that until about 2004 when he, he kind of got back into the headlines with musicology. So, you know, from this point on, you're talking about a decade where Prince kind of I wouldn't say went into obscurity because, you know, he was still doing stuff. But it just became that he wasn't as mainstream or as big as he'd, he'd once been. 
Um, so, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm glad at the very least we finally kind of heard this song eight years after it was recorded for a birthday party, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think that's about as much as we can say about Le Grind. So let's go to Le Plugs. So I'm on a podcast with friends called Warren Beast, where we are, uh, we've reviewed pretty much all of Beast Wars, the, uh, CGI Transformers, uh, cartoon series, and we're almost done with Beast Machines. And I'm also starting to work on, and hopefully we'll have some things out for a new podcast called What's McCracken, which is a podcast. It's going to be another, you know, cartoon rewatch uh, discussion podcast, but we're starting with uh, Wander Over Yonder, which was like a project by Craig McCracken. Uh, but anyways, like Craig McCracken has done like a lot of things and it's, I'm hopefully, you know, we'll follow some of the stuff that he's done a lot of work on. Well, you can find me personally at, uh, at Dory Mingu at D O R I underscore Mingu. Uh, mostly, I mostly just retweet a lot of stuff from the uh, Audio Entropy Network, which Warren Beast is a part of. And uh, I do have a uh, Twitter account set up for What's McCracken, which is at the is at Krakencast, which is just C R A C K E N cast. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Jordan. Yeah, I, I really had fun with this one too. And otherwise, slam it. <laughs>